Hey everyone, this is Sim. This is Ko. And welcome to another episode of Work in Progress. In our previous episode, in all the news that's fit to sell with Toya Singh, CNN News 18 journalist, we spoke a lot about what's happening in the journalism space today. And in this episode, we go deeper into the world of social media and how it affects our perception, what it means to be a young person in the attention economy, and how the algorithms today shape the way we think, feel, and behave. So hope you enjoy. There are a lot of jobs in this world that favor expertise, and there are a lot of jobs that don't. So I would mm-hmm. say, for example, being successful on social media is not a job that necessarily favors expertise. To some degree, yeah. yes, yeah. you do need to be an expert at uh, framing yourself, for example, you know, or and framing things as well, and how yeah. you portray those things. Yeah, yeah. But what I meant, even by something as silly as framing yourself, is uh, I mean, like you will see a lot of a uh, young. Kids these days who know their angles, yeah. like their facial angles, yeah. and it like yeah. blows me away because yeah. that kind of that kind of knowledge of the way your face looks good on camera is, I'm sure, great, but also terrifying. That you're so used to being surveilled, yeah. yeah. Such yeah. a young age, you're so yeah. used to cameras that you now know that if I hold my face in this manner, it will capture yeah. me in this manner. Yeah. You know. Also, um, like aesthetically understanding this would work on the platform, right? Yeah. That, you know, people want to see that, and hence, yeah, uh, which comes very naturally to to younger kids to a lot just to generalize. When I was making Thought Jungle. um some of the things that i found so interesting and terrifying to grapple with uh, that i couldn't reach the answers of were questions like i could see that the algorithm liked it a lot more when i was putting up photos of my face yes. than yes. putting up information yeah. and that's something we also faced when but, we were yeah. but this is a fact like right. it, I know. it it, it I isn't know. even like you know, oh, I know it's you try and test yeah. it is a thought of exactly but thing. my point is you are telling young women that we are going to reward you if you post yeah. your physicality essentially yeah. and yeah. what also gets really tricky and, and I think this is so fascinating is um now I don't want to make the reason I don't want to make this a gender thing is because you see I think a lot of younger men a lot of queer, queer folks a lot of us in general basically are now learning to um really take advantage of our exterior physicality and show it on digital media but i'm talking yeah. of i don't mean to make us generations but my generation mm-hmm. um if you ever open the social media feed of someone my age i'm 28 i'm making myself sound like i'm like 80 but um <laughs> you will you will see that you don't find men my age sexualizing themselves but you do yeah. find women and it's because for women we've been taught at a much younger age that there is a reward me- mechanism associated yeah, with that yeah and my point is just it really is complicated because i'm just then and this used to bother me with our jungle especially because i was like look i'm a i am a white person of india essentially yeah. you know um and do i want to take advantage of the fact that i am you know that there are possibly people who find me attractive and therefore following me but even what you said about the you wouldn't find say on your feed men sexualizing themselves i think with us it's also ingrained like if i think about conversations i've had that if you see someone your i'd say our age and about doing that you would form a judgment yeah you know being like this is not normal mm-hmm. why are you doing this because yeah. it's never been the case see i will say like i where i am the opposite is i would love if more men did it only because i want some equality there yeah, yeah. where where i i don't love that you know if there is a man if for example if i'm in a relationship um my partner is seeing 
you know, 800 sexualized yeah, women yeah. and I'm not yeah. seeing any sexualized yeah. women. Like yeah. there needs to be some, if, no, we're, exactly. if we're moving in that direction as a society. So that's, I think those are other questions, right? Like yeah. largely instead of, it's interesting, instead of us becoming, because there has been so much in the last few years, body consciousness, for example, right? Mm-hmm. But instead of moving the dial towards you know, and there has been this sort of acceptance of all kinds of beauty and every, you yeah. know, those kind of things. But instead of moving the dial towards all of us taking a break from objectifying ourselves, it's instead become that all of us. So even those of us who, for example, like a lot of men I know, a lot of men I know, I feel like are slowly getting onto the same bandwagon. And yeah. so I see my brother is 21 and I see a lot of his classmates um, much more adept at that game and I'm happy about yeah. it because I'm happy yeah. that you know men are finally spending as much time as women are for example in the bathroom before they go out basis huh. this also I just had a question so we have spoken about like how on social media there is this preference of how women should look or that is the things that are getting pushed or getting liked do you see that parallel in the newsroom as well because we were seeing this interview with Palki Sharma she yeah. had done with ANI podcast and she was saying that in the earlier days while she was working, there was so much emphasis on how she looked or when she was pregnant, how she looked after she was pregnant and just that whole idea of... And and I think it ties back to what you were saying saying earlier about owning that space and she was saying like as a a female anchor, I was sometimes told um, if I was a bit too brash or if I was a bit too much whereas I didn't see that with my male and if it's a debate that's happening you know and if I raised my voice it was a bigger deal Deal than as opposed to if he said something I'd actually get called back Back. on it yeah Um, so I think let's because those are two separate we'll talk about uh, we'll talk about aesthetics and then we'll talk about the being the kind of anchor you can be on air is I will say that I think uh, in today's day and age there is so much we are lucky to exist to some degree in a post me too world yeah Uh, And I say some degree because, you know, nothing's to say it stopped, but that movement did take place in a very public way. And so there is a lot of consciousness about the way in which we talk about, for example, women's bodies. Um, And there's, I will say that in my last four years, and again, I think it's important to say that my privilege probably plays a very big part in the next sentence I'm going to make, which is that I have never had anything creepy happen to me in Mm -hmm. the newsroom. What does 100% still happen is there is very much an expectation of what female anchors should look like. That Mm -hmm. exists across the board. Um, And it is wild because it is not as conventional as thin, acha, chubby, bad. It's definitely not that. So you will have enough channels that, uh, for example, and I see this in all sorts of spaces, uh, you know, you have enough channels that have like morning and day anchors who are curvy, plus sized, all of that. Um, Mm -hmm. And their beauty is celebrated in different ways. So it's less that, but much more that a woman has to be attractive. A woman needs to put in effort. I can easily, for example, think of, uh, you know, 10 women and think of the fact Mm -hmm. that, yes, there is a distribution across the board. Now, I will say the question of do those women feel a pressure, whether or not Mm -hmm. they're being allowed on air? And I would 100% say yes. That's not even a question. I think we all... Dude, just the subconscious experience of going, imagine every single morning, every day of your life, because anchoring is a is a daily job. You're going and 
in my case, early in the morning, you've barely woken up and they're putting makeup on your face. What does yeah. that do for your... That's the first thing that you're yeah. doing. What does that do for your self-esteem at a certain yeah. point? Um, you know, and, and does it... There is definitely, I'm sure, like, I know there were parts of me that didn't, I didn't think I was... Uh, after two and a half years of doing this, I didn't think I was attractive because I was just like, I'm doing, you know, potloads of makeup. A and B, yeah. everything you're doing to your hair is so harmful. But also at the same time, I've been told some really hilarious stuff. Like when I, uh, <laughs> my hilarious stuff has happened less. Uh, when we say hilarious, I mean gendered. The gendered stuff I've experienced has been less on air and more when I've oh. been navigating salaries, for example. I've been told right. I argue too much. Not argue, I demand like a man. Um, oh, you know, that I, yeah, fun, fun stuff. Uh, sometimes by women also, by the way. So yeah. it's, it's, it's interesting because I think I do want to say, I think the thing that I miss the most, um, in, in my four years was I missed senior women mentoring younger yeah. women. I was just going to ask you, yeah. do you think there's a separate sense of competition when it comes to female anchors? Men? And it's so unfortunate. And I will say Let's do this because I think this is so interesting. I 100% see this as a fault of the system. I mean, it's always the fault of the system. It's never yeah. the fault of the individual player. But in this case, for example, um, when you are introducing uh, five young people at the same time, and remember anchoring unlike digital media. So digital media, there is no end to the amount of space. So yeah. for example, uh, you can become famous on social media. I can become so famous also. We can all become yeah. famous on social media. Yeah. Uh, anchoring... Uh, you have eight hours in the day. Yeah. And so everyone is fighting for the same slots. And so when you're yeah. introducing five new faces at a time, of, and those five faces are young, um, of course, there's going to be a sense of instability in the newsroom, you know, and a yeah. sense of, are we under threat? Yeah. Um, and it's fascinating because I realized very recently uh, there had been, you know, newer, younger kids who were added to the, uh, and I don't want to call them kids because I know I would have thought it was very disrespectful if a senior anchor when I was 24 was calling me a kid. These are like, you know, fully capable women. But my point is just that um, there were new women added to the roster. And I realized it took me like two months to realize like, oh yeah, I'm, if I'm not reaching out to them, I'm guilty of, honestly, it hadn't been a thought that I'd said I won't do. I just had not had a thought in the first place of, yeah. it's my job to reach out to them and like, make sure they're okay. You know, mm -hmm. just even ask them like, what is anchoring looking like for you? Because if yeah. I'm not breaking the cycle, how am I any different than any of the other seniors before me? Yeah. So I think this goes back to the earlier point we were talking about. I think the really fucked up thing, I've just said fucked and I don't know if it's allowed, but the really That's fucked okay. up thing That's about, fun. the really fucked up thing about social media and the thing that women do to each other much more in the Indian context I think than in other contexts is uh, especially in Delhi where a society that looks at women and judges and so what ends up happening is women don't like other women and what yeah. I mean when I say that is we don't realize I will curate a digital profile right where I am looking sexy for example and a number of other things intelligent kind beautiful whatever yeah. also sexy and other women possibly feel threatened by that, as I feel by them. And mm -hmm. my point is, um, instead of building the kind of encouraging spaces we should, we're feeding into essentially what the algorithm is asking for from exactly. us, you know, um, to do well. And it's also tricky because uh, I have these very interesting conversations with my male and female friends about whether or not I think, and this is a different conversation for a different day, whether or not I think social media encourages monogamy, because I also don't think it does that. Yeah. Um, because I don't think, yeah. for example, our parents had to, you know, uh, 
like navigate this conversation that is happening and sexy and pictures this, like, of their friends exactly this yeah. passive distraction yeah because you're not looking to... for it yeah it's like you're my friend or you're my partner's friend so i'm not looking for it but, but it's, it's there, there like it's there it's to be consumed enough. yeah and and it's super interesting because it's far more you know you could argue you know attractive people ex- have existed since the dawn of time but what social media allows you to do is provide an intimate perspective so yeah. for example if i'm standing you know in a way that i can only or dressing in a certain way that i can only dress at home you know but i can project that publicly now because of social yeah. media yeah. and my point is just that those lines are getting uh, are getting yeah. yeah i was going to say are getting very very blurred and the saddest thing is the ways in which i mean we talk about this till the dogs come out right like feminism has reached women as a concept in even in our like bougie newsrooms but women breaking down our barriers with each other still has not fully happened you talk about the solidarity in across mm-hmm. i'm not talking about newsrooms but people do not acknowledge this tendency of you know threat and competition you'd rather ignore it or or pretend like it doesn't exist even though it does and you do have that judgment and it's very difficult to understand that this exists together Yeah like a lot of times and and I've had this conversation a lot of times people are so quick to prove that no you know I support women for example in the in the simplest way so therefore that doesn't exist nobody is a threat to me every you know I'm pulling as I grow I'm pulling, pulling everyone, everyone up. up but the reality is so nuanced right energy balances are so nuanced mm. like i've mm. i've gone in meetings where you have two really powerful opinionated women they do not get along yeah. but they will not acknowledge these realities of yeah. of this is how we this is how ne- our human nature is right yeah. Yeah. understand that and then build from there which is yeah. i feel people shy away from having that conversation um, and that it's okay you know and like you said it is missing and it is something that like the the awareness is there but there's no action per se i think what is really really tricky um to touch on this point is i don't think that we have the tools because i think these conversations are conversations that require us to pull back some yes. of our most uh instinctive like human layers you know in that level of like small things like and this is getting too broad and too vague perhaps but conversations around like what is flirting how do you define those lines yeah. Yeah. what kind of social media presence uh you know is how are we defining yeah how are we defining sexuality in the social media age for example um in yeah. you know in today's day and age for example where um me showing my bust is important to me as a woman because i believe that i should be able to show my body because it's my body but at the same time because we're still in india my body will be read with i don't want to say still in india because this happens around the world but my body will still happen will be read in a sexual context yes. you know whether i like it or not and so how do i how do i allow it to be read and and do i need to play according to what society you know thinks is okay then yeah. since it's not all of those are really really tricky questions yeah. you know and yeah. and my point is just and it's also tricky because these are questions that are very very important at the same time our country is a country where people are dying because they don't have food on their plate you know yeah. so it's yeah. not that one conversation is less important than the other or anything yeah. i'm not trying to say that but i am trying to say that um it's it's fascinating sometimes trying to have these conversations so 
something that recently happened with me personally at work was like I I have a bigger chest size anyway. Mm-hmm. I'm wearing mm-hmm. a white shirt and my button is maybe open till here. Yeah. And I had to be pulled aside when a girl next to me was wearing a white short dress which was extremely short but my outfit was deemed inappropriate for a workplace but hers was just not. Yeah. And when I tried to have that conversation with HR yeah. they were like you just have to understand why like we don't want to spell it out for you so but this entire generation of older women that because i think they made the compromises at a certain age where they dressed a certain way they have a very um almost dictatic approach of this is what is appropriate and what is not yeah. you know Absolutely. without without realizing and th- where it gets i think really really tricky and this is what i love what i'm going to touch on is what i love which is when things get complicated because i see the thing is it is a very so the thing is when i was in the united states the opposite was already happening so what i mean when i say the opposite is we were so body positive um and also in some ways gender non normative in the sense that it was not like for example bra bhi penna you know mm-hmm. and i was really lucky the college i went to was clothing optional so it was very very like we didn't have to you could be in a robe if you liked you know like you could yeah. wear what you liked and my point yeah. is just that um the great thing about that is it made me very very comfortable with my body at a at a at an important stage at 2020 life yeah but um i just think what i'm getting to is that tricky question of okay what is sexual then and what is not so for example when you are uh, a 40 year old woman and uh, say you are married for example um and you have a nanny coming over who is younger and is dressing any way she likes and she's in your house Mm-hmm. Um, and because she's a young woman she's going to express herself and be totally yeah. comfortable but at the same time she may be dressing in a way that makes you and your partner because you have say a husband at home uncomfortable is it your right to express it or not yeah. and or is it as simple as you know she's within her right to dress the way she wants you are within your right to employ her or not yeah that, all of that is i think that the tricky thing is just that these are complicated questions that a lot of people so i have uh, you know some very very radical friends uh uh some lovely friends who like one of my best friends is is a kind of person um would be listening to this entire conversation and saying you know there are so many areas we haven't even addressed yeah. yes. you know like yes. like what is it like to be uh, disabled in such spaces what is it like yeah. to be um mm-hmm. you know just even someone who doesn't have access to such spaces like yeah. my point is just either way are we having these the, the tricky thing is just for even to have these like one of my you know one of the things i used to find so interesting uh when the me too movement happened was the question of uh do we rehabilitate those who have you know committed a me too act or not yeah mm-hmm. um clearly society decided it was okay to rehabilitate uh you know most people and my point is just to what degree do we rehabilitate and to what degree do we continue to punish and what does that look like from a very very young age um you are just sexualized whether you like it or not yeah you know? like and in school like while i'm going for a class trip for example like wearing the same pants or the same top as someone else but like me being pulled up aside and you don't at that age you don't have the vocabulary yeah, to like, speak to your teacher being yeah. like what the hell is going yeah. on you're a child but that's that's exactly where i that's i think where that question of see the question we were having earlier we sorry not the question the the conversation we were having earlier about women's bodies on social media um 
are we saying women's bodies are weapons and bad are we saying women's bodies are great and need to be celebrated because if they are great and they can need to be celebrated then women should be able to celebrate their bodies in whichever way they want on social media too and be as na- like my point is how you know these are conversations where we need to think through yeah, yeah. everything and i just i think it's complicated and we're obviously a changing society but i don't think we're having the conversations we need to be having yeah. around like i think the funniest conversation i saw uh, my best friend having with her partner was this really interesting conversation where uh, they were arguing about whether or not the fire emoji react to a girl's <laughs> picture is flirting with a girl or not but i was actually just going to say that when you spoke i was when you said what's appropriate i'm like oh Because you know it, it's so simple. If I'm going yeah. through stories, I can just be like, "Oh, love struck." I don't oh, like yeah. hard. I don't mean yeah. that, but it's just like, is that okay? Is that not, not okay? okay? Yeah, yeah. What is it? And you these, know? these, it, it. So it was really funny because the way my best friend, she as a girl, the way she answered it was, she said uh, to him that. you know when i put up a sexy picture and i see the men who have fire reacted i definitely think those are the men that find me attractive yeah you know, i yeah. don't like i think of it as that is what that is and he's like yeah. yeah but when i'm doing it to a girl i'm not thinking through like oh my god oh, like she's so hot yeah she's, she's so hot got a hit on her or it's not like <laughs> yeah. a hot through process yeah. Yeah. yeah you know and so my point is just like while it was interesting to hear both sides to get back to that original thing i was saying social media is changing and people have talked about this from you know the dawn of time that social media is changing uh, the way in which we communicate with each other but the way in which it is breaking down uh, established practices you know yeah. um and playing with the fabric of our society um mm-hmm. and i'm again who's to say society's fabric was great in the first place yeah. you know um it's possible for example you know something they talk about a lot in india is how many marriages there are in india where you know we when we compare divorce rates sure the divorce rates in india are lower but are they happy marriages yeah. you know is is the question i was Sorry. just the, mm-hmm. having the same conversation with my sister today you know mm-hmm. where i think that there, there's been like if it's a graph i think earlier there was like marriages would happen a lot and you know less divorces etc etc again there's this whole of early marriage trend that sort of hmm. set in hmm. and the conversation i was having with her is is it for the right reason coming from a family in india there is this pressure there is this whatever but like are these things happening for the right reason and hmm. the amount of times you hear oh it's your now that it's normalized to get hmm. divorced or it's normalized to not be together that's also so skyrocketed yeah. so yeah. it's it's both ways you know yeah. there's definitely more freedom but there's also just doing it for the sake of it or societal pressure different kind of societal seeing, pressure also seeing all these happy couples and happy marriages on instagram yeah, like, like how such is a, that influencing yeah. you like right? that yeah. at a certain level you're thinking okay this is also what i need to look like this is yeah. also what my relationship needs, needs to look to like be, yeah. i need to have that engagement that is showcasing and also i i see okay so i'll tell you um there's this a divorce lawyer who i i love her name is laura Wisdom, and I think I may be getting her name wrong. She was Kim Kardashian's divorce lawyer, um, and that's her claim to fame. She's pretty wise, <laughs> but my point is just that uh, she has a lot of very interesting interviews. One of the things I like doing is just you know all of us love doing this is the idea of like just opening your mind up to the different concepts that exist out there, and yes. she's really interesting because she deals so much with Hollywood, which is a concentration of people with a ton of money getting to make whatever decisions they want, and uh, she. brought up this really interesting concept i remember it scandalized me when i first heard it but then i thought through it but yeah. she was like look when you are a 
she was like i encourage when couples get married for them to form you know how you have a prenup write yes. a prenup down of your most screwed up demands of each other also so what she meant was for example she was like you will have uh what's it called uh trophy wives and like yes. sugar daddies right <laughs> who will like openly say they are that to each other yeah. you yeah. know and my point is she was like i have encouraged couples that are getting married for the man to write down that i want my wife to be in this weight to this weight range or the woman saying to the man i want you to earn between this range and this range and her whole point in saying that is look behind the camera you want that already Right. Yeah, just put it just put words. it on the table. Yeah, and and my I obviously that's a total destruction of the beautiful institution of marriage. Like I'm in yeah. no way, you know, taking away from. But that. was she saying that it has to be part of the contract and that if you uh, yeah, are not is, in her this, her point is, agar dimaag mein hai to kaho. There is one very beautiful Indian idea that I do, to be totally honest, still see sometimes, which is the idea of we are going to be together through thick and thin. I'm <laughs> in a group of six girls and. uh each of us you know is either entering towards marriage or is in a relationship and just the scary thought of like at least two of these won't last if you just look at yeah. the numbers yeah. you know like it's just not likely and also the fact that i think we live in a world that as we've just discussed isn't encouraging monogamy yeah, you know, yeah. uh yeah. social media structures just don't encourage monogamy yeah. um it's just it's all yeah it's fascinating there's this page called intimacy curator mm-hmm. and they talk about they actually get people together to talk to, about this and, and have the curate's experiences the, for yeah i know and like have this agenda of like you know monogamy isn't a concept it isn't something you all are lying to yourselves that very sensationalized content hmm. Um, hmm. and then you have younger people seeing it not understanding getting influenced hmm. and then agreeing to it and hmm. taking it into and getting hurt also yeah Yeah, you know. Yeah, and um, exactly, exactly. Can I say? I I think that, I I think that the, the challenge that lies ahead for women um, is if they want to bring build a world that actually offers us equal chances, we need to invest heavily in. This is going to sound like the weirdest thing, but we need to invest heavily in objectifying and sexualizing sixty-year-olds and seventy-year-old women, mm-hmm. um, because until it doesn't feel like a bad thing to grow old. Um, yeah because a lot of i think yeah. i kid you not i'm 28 and at my age maybe actually honestly at 25 i had already started hearing like the male friends in my group like dating women who were much who much older you know younger. no no much much younger like 5 okay. years younger 6 years younger 8 years younger um and that sense of you feeling especially in india as if your time is running out yeah 100%. you know as if there's a dearth of options and yeah. there yeah. is because when you look around at like the options that exist most people are in relation like it's it, by my age there's a very very large number of people that are in relationships you know yeah. or are straight up married um or on that path is, Yeah and my point is just to remember that you know obviously uh, I was very lucky when I came to India that I had uh, one or two incredible friends who are like 10 years older than me 9 years older than me who were just like though yeah do not make the mistake of marrying because other people are telling you to get married yeah. you know get married because you want to get married and get married to someone you think is great genuinely not because there is a pressure but yeah. my point is just that um until we encourage 
society in general to make it seem great to be see until i don't feel scared to get divorced for example yeah. at say my marriage goes terribly one day and you know i'm 44 uh i need to feel like my options out there are equal to the options my husband has yeah yeah you know and no, until we do that we are not living in yeah. an equal world um yeah. and i just really and and the tricky thing there is obviously the role that people say biology plays mm-hmm. you know um i say the role that people play because the really interesting thing is that like data comes out and everything changes and what i mean when i say that is like now there is data to suggest that you know male sperm even though they can you producing it after a certain age the fertility does drop you know yeah. so it's not this idea of okay that only like, women have that biological yeah, clock like that's gods you know yeah. <laughs> but that societal idea still exists for example yeah. and i think i mean this is so silly but i do think like women like you know a kim kardashian or a jennifer lopez or a beyonce or a beyonce is not that old so i'm going to take her off that example list um helen mirren i yeah. can't think of i mean i guess rekha to some degree uh, i was going to say but these women who continue to show that like you know aging and like they are still you know attractive and all of that um, yeah. and embracing that at that age yeah, as well yeah yeah and truly and truly embracing i have this um aunt who is this author anuja chauhan and she uh, fully wears her hair black and white i mean gray now i don't know why i was going to yeah. say black and white gray um and my point is growing up i remember she was the first person who did that and i was like whoa it like yeah. blew my mind cuz she would yeah. do the black sorry she would do black and lots of women we know do gray hair but she did gray hair and like red lipstick and stuff like yeah. she was still celebrating her presence yeah. you know and yeah. and my point is just that I I just need the experience of being a woman to be 10 times more enjoyable than it is today in India. Mm-hmm. This goes back to the original like point we were talking about of just being like women in spaces we're in. I've been very very lucky that I know um I know a few women who are good at what they do and are confident. But I yeah. think the real challenge is to be a woman who is good at what she does and is also kind to the women around her. Yeah. Um and 100%. I think especially when you as a woman are facing either if you and the thing is women of all different kinds face all kinds of problems so it's great because the problems never stop in the yeah. sense that if you are a woman who because i have been a woman in india who was not considered societally attractive and it wasn't like that was any better you know yeah. both sides have their own their own yeah. problems yeah and yeah. lists and of problems but i think just to figure out like as a woman just to figure out like what keeps you ticking what keeps you happy and how to keep yourself motivated while you put up with like the bullshit of explaining like our next 10 years i like i hear so many women tell me post 30 life gets great you know what yeah. i mean <laughs> i'm like that sounds great it's still like a while yeah. away um yeah. but my point is just that like to really like keep yourselves i see women who us and you both are examples of this where you know you're doing fully day jobs and this is fully like something you're doing because you love it yeah you know? um that is so that's my point and you're you're both so professional about it like you've both been like acha is time ko aana hai yahan tak karenge i'm not trying to give you like bonus points for doing the bare minimum or anything like that's not what i'm trying to say here i'm just trying to say that like it is this that will like these are the worlds we want to build you know and like yeah, how 100%. like hopefully you both will lead a company one day and when you lead that company like make sure that you encourage like younger women you know younger women yeah. from communities that don't have access you know yeah. make sure you allow them to dress any way they want for example yeah. you know like this yeah. is the way we uh and, yeah. and we make sure more than anything else that we mentor them and encourage them yeah you know sure. to to just be like i've been very lucky i think in the last year i've come across a woman for the first time in my life who um like she's 10 years older than me she runs her own legal firm and she only employs women and uh we met each other 
uh, for through Thought Jungle actually. I had to interview her, and then we just ended up speaking for very long. And she turned ended up being she's ten years older to me, but she ended up being such a mentor, and not in the way of give ever. She's never given me job advice ever till this day. But it is just seeing her live her life. Mm-hmm. with such elegance and when i say elegance it is just that she is totally lost in building a world that she wants yeah you know and i just think that we're very 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 lucky and when i see my mother and my mother's mother and mental health at that age and the fact that you know you had so many women in that generation with bipolar with anxiety and none of the words they were just called crazy You yeah, know, they didn't um, have the vocabulary yeah. to yeah. describe what's going on. When you see a lot of the ways in which, like, men in my dad's generation treat their wives, in which it's very much like ये तो बोलती रहती है, you know. Um, and you see a lot of women who like really like their lives are their kids because, and then their kids make them anxious, and then they are anxious. Yeah. And my point is just we are so lucky to live in a world where like. we can get medication you know we mental health is a thing we have therapists yeah. we can build it's okay for us to be going outside and working we're privileged women yeah. in that sense yeah. you know so it's just it's pretty cool when you think about it. 